Welcome to Pretty Good Vibrations, a show that analyzes and celebrates 2000s indie music and its crucial role throughout our lives. My name's Dan Koch. I've been a professional musician for most of the last 20 years, first as the songwriter in the emo pop band Sherwood, then as a commercial composer. Today I am joined by Ellen Morrow, former co-host of Depolarize, a podcast I used to make but I don't anymore because politics makes me too anxious. I wanted to bring Ellen on, and I gave her her choice for genre of a tournament track to do, uh, and she'll explain why she wanted this. If you are loving this show, please share this episode with a few friends. It's the best way that we can grow it in these early days. I think there's very little else to say. Let's just dive right in. Ellen Morrow, friend former co-host of multiple seasons of Depolarize, my first podcast, R.I.P. Politics got me too anxious and just a joy to share a microphone with. That podcast got me out of evangelicalism. Did it? Yeah. We should probably talk about that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? It didn't take place during the aughts, but hey, if it's relevant, let's bring it up. Yeah. I just like recording things with you. It's very fun. I wanted to do an episode with you. I wanted to do one of these tournament episodes, and I said... What genre or era would you most want to talk about? And you said 2000s indie. And now is this just because that's your favorite music? Was it formative? Why do you love this era? I think it's because it was formative because my favorite, favorite music that I fall back to every time would be like way early 90s hip hop, R&B, the stuff that makes you feel good, like the pop stuff. Yeah. But more questions, I realized the formative I think you asked me, when did you start getting into music? Yeah. And I think new bands, for example, when I saw The Strokes on MTV for the first time. Yeah. And I felt like I felt something spiritual, <laughs> kind of like, yeah. it was like some sort of awakening. I think it was that. So that's what helped me pinpoint. Like, I think that was it for me, those years. That's great. Cause you know, I, uh, I like the existential and the, uh, the transcendent. So if we get into some of that, all the better. I'm going to give a brief and bad definition of indie. Indie music is not straight pop or straight rock, right? There's like rock and there's indie rock. There's pop and there's indie pop. There's and gay what, rock and there's gay pop. <laughs> there's gay and straight not rock and pop. so straight. Indie has some sort of DIY edge or approach or it's sonically derived from bands that had a DIY edge or approach. Like if there were a band version of AncestryDNA.com, there would be at least 10% DNA of the Velvet Underground in every band we're talking about here. Oh my gosh, that's that was a stretch. <laughs> but uh, I, see, I see what you're saying. Like, but yeah. Not like 50%, but like, okay, there's a little bit of them that's like they bought cheap instruments, they recorded yeah. it quickly. Yeah. There's something about that in there, the, the rough and tumbleness of it. And I, you know, the old adage about Velvet Underground is like, 5,000 people ever saw them play and they all started bands. So that's where I'm getting that from. Anyway, what changed for you? Obviously, a lot changes from 15 to 25, but do you have any sort of themes of that time? 
Yeah, it was the people that I met. I think that when I was younger, I was hanging out with this crowd. We would always go to frat parties. You know, at that time, it was like Justin Timberlake's uh, Justice album. Justified. Justified. Could have been either. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, Just a lot of dancing and sweating and parties. There was no, there was really no art in my life. And then there was a, a huge shift in my social life when I started hanging out with people that were playing music. Yeah. And I started hanging out with musicians and I got to uh, learn other bands and, you know, I started dressing differently. There was a whole time in my life where I, I think it was right after I just discovered the White Stripes. I, cause I wanted to be Meg White so fucking bad. Yeah. And I only wore red, white, and black. I'm down <laughs> in my socks and underwear. It was like black dickies every day. My hair was black. I had red bangs. I had only black, red, and white. It was like I was trying to find a thing after R&B and pop yeah. or, or hip-hop, I should yeah. say. And uh, then I started kind of finding myself. Like I definitely felt like myself when I was listening to hip-hop and rap and R&B because it was so much fun. But I didn't really know what I personally liked until I started listening to like music like The White Stripes and The Strokes. Well, it's interesting you say that once you started hanging with musicians who were playing themselves, you get exposed to this indie stuff. That's kind of that DIY thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Because I I mean, I had been playing viola in the Seattle Symphony for so long and my whole family was musicians, but that was only classical music. I really never... I didn't know that about you. That's cool. Well, a little classical training. <laughs> yeah. That means I may have known it at one point. And I yeah, let's yeah. go. Let's roll the tape. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that to me, musicians meant maybe boring, <laughs> classical. You know what I mean? I didn't know any rock and roll people in my life. Well, and the thing about indie rock as of yet. or especially Velvet Underground, it's like you don't need money to do that. You need taste vibe. So I was only allowed to listen to vinyls when I was a kid. We didn't have a TV till I was seven. We only listened to classical music and right wing radio. So, you know, how was I supposed to know about Link Ray, you know? Right. Well, okay. So you start, you, you go into basically top 40 and danceable music, and then you start hanging out with musicians and you start getting into indie. So here's mine. 2000, I'm a junior and then a senior in high school. I'm still listening almost exclusively to punk rock. A little bit of emo, maybe some vestiges of ska, but only ska punk. I'm pretty solidly evangelical, but I'm already getting politically progressive. I'm just starting to read more challenging stuff, novels with existential themes, etc. Skip ahead 2009, last year of this decade, I get married, November of that year. Sherwood, my band, has released our third and final album before we broke up. At this point, I've played like 500 shows with Sherwood. I've been to Europe three times and Japan. My musical taste has broadened significantly. Basically, I go from, you know, 17 to 27-ish. And so I go from adolescence to proper adulthood, right? With a more or less fully connected prefrontal cortex, (laughs) Allowing me to think ahead, delay gratification, etc. So my big theme, as I've been listening back to this stuff that I'm going to, you know, probably bring up here and there, is irony versus sincerity. Um, One thing I'm curious about is if I thought that irony was required for adulthood at first, like 
during this time, I thought that liking sports wasn't cool. I thought that anything the masses liked wasn't cool. We in- both we both struggle with that, Dan. You and I both struggle with that. If everybody's excited about a show, we're like, meh. I still, I and am a bit of a snob. And then we will secretly yeah. get into it later. Yeah, I, I have a little of that still. But like, and then in 2007, we toured with Reliant K. They had a gold record and they were watching basketball. And I was like, well, I do like watching basketball. basketball. And then we toured again with them in 2010 and it was December. And so football season. And I, I basically rekindled my love of sports through touring with Reliant K. So I think that I thought indie was cool because it was set apart. It was removed. It wasn't like normie middle America. When I think about becoming an adult, it's going to be interesting to notice the bands that are higher on the irony side and the bands that are higher on the sincerity side, if we want to consider that like a polarity. Okay. Are you you saying this because this is also how you're judging the bands? No, no, no. Okay. And by the way, you get to choose who wins. So I get to choose? You get to choose. Oh, this is so much more fun. I thought I was a little nervous that mine weren't going to win. No, no, no. You get to choose. Yeah. I would encourage listeners, you know, maybe maybe pause this, take 30 to 90 seconds, think about where you were at the beginning of this decade and where you were at the end, what changed for you over that time, and maybe something cool will pop up for you as you hear some of these songs and connect them back to this season of your life. I can't really resist trying to make things uh, meaningful in that way. That's my personality. So... This is the era, of course, of the animal-themed band name. This is just something we have to get out of the way here. We've got, this is a partial list. Grizzly Bear, Modest Mouse, technically started in the 90s. Animal Collective, Wolf Parade, Arctic Monkeys, wow, Wolf Mother. Wow, that was Mother, a whole trend. I never Panda, thought about it like this. So many. So to get this down to approximately 16 bands was very difficult. There are a lot of great indie bands from this decade. I mean, could you decade. have thought of a more broad genre like a worse time frame when there's the most <laughs> bands of all time from the genre. It is. It's interesting because I think by this point, recording has gotten cheap enough, right? Like I was, I was listening back to some mid nineties stuff that I think sounds like so good to me still today. But then I was realizing like, yeah, you know why these records sound good? Because they cost $300,000 to make in 1995. Basically in the aughts, You can make records a lot cheaper. So you've got a bunch of great records coming out on major labels and indie labels are able to make really good sounding recordings. I'm thinking about like the spoon records that come out. Like they sound awesome. God, that freaking band. Great band. So good. I'm excited to listen to them and talk about them. Me too. I purposefully did not listen to a bunch of um, music because I, from this uh, genre, because I was so excited to just sit here and listen to it for the first time in a long time. That's one of the most fun parts. Yeah. So, in order to get it down to a manageable number, I, I did do it, but here's how I did it. So I carved out other genres. First one I carved out is what I'm calling arena indie. So these are indie bands that have ever headlined an arena. So for instance, Arcade Fire, Death Cab, For Cutie, The Strokes, The White Stripes, Modest Mouse. These are bands. The big boys. These are the big boys. Okay. They've played big shows. These Arena are the ones Indy. that sold out, as we would say back then. We might have said that. I think that's what's interesting kind of about the aughts is we wouldn't call it sold out anymore. But in the 90s, they might have called it that. Yeah. I think that's actually one of the differences hmm. um, of those eras. And then Indie Folk took that, carved that out for its own episode. We're talking... Fleet Foxes, Iron and Wine, M Ward, Mountain Ghosts. The sleepy stuff. Decemberists. It's not all sleepy. Yeah. 
primarily emo or punk bands are going to get plenty of attention on this show. So I cut them out, Thank even you. though some of them are indie bands like Jimmy Eat World, Copeland, Manchester Orchestra. All brand the whiny new. ones. The whiny ones I, are out. The, here's are my genres. Whiny, sleepy, sellouts <laughs> so far. And then finally... Indie dance or indie electronic. Ooh. Cut that out. Because if we, I was on the episode with Justice and Girl Talk, we could have a whole nother. Yeah. So, you know, you might need to come back for that. No, episode. Nobody so wants that's, to hear me talk that much. I think they might. So that's like The Knife, M83, Ratatat, MGMT, Passion Pit, Block Party. Okay. So we're not going to discuss any of those. None of those today. bands. We okay. still got plenty. Okay. So, all that having been said, uh, obviously there's going to be a lot of episodes about indie, but it leaves us. With this list of 18 artists, Ellen, this is 18. my favorite part. This is my favorite part of the episode oh, when I just nervous. read the artists okay. and we just get to bask in the glory okay. of these bands that I, we love. Why do I feel nervous, Dan? I don't know. Do you want to look inside yourself for a second? No, I just feel like I need to, I mean, I'm about to start therapy. So maybe it's a part of me like going on a new journey and this is going to untap some feelings and some emotions. I hope so. I hope, I hope so that this too. is and I, But I hope it doesn't happen tonight. <laughs> well, that's fair. Okay. Here are the 18 artists in our bracket. Phantom Planet, Rilo Kylie, My Morning Jacket, Band of Horses, Sufjan Stevens, Spoon, The Cold War Kids, Bell and Sebastian, Interpol, Broken Social Scene, The Shins, Santi Gold, The Yeah Yeah Yeahs, TV on the Radio, Feist, Grizzly Bear, Phoenix, and Panda Bear. Now, normally you have 16 teams in a tournament bracket, 16, 8, 4, 2, and then the champion. So we actually are going to have two play-in rounds at the beginning to get us down to 16. Now, I choose songs based on primarily Spotify play count, and then I cycle through albums if there are multiple albums occasionally i'll make an editorial decision if a song seems less representative of a band i'll swap it for something else only music released up to 2009 essentially in this era a few songs from the late 90s that would have been played a lot during this era i've allowed to stay in uh and i think we'll do other episodes from like later indie and there's already a 90s indie episode in the queue so in each matchup ellen this is what's important for you we are deciding which song is better than the other song. We're not choosing the band as a whole. We're not debating their merits. It's just, we're listening to these two songs. Which one strikes you as better? Okay, and there's no prize, though. There's no prize. To, you, I, win. you win no matter what. You're going to win. I'm the prize. So songs will only compete once. If an artist wins their round, we get a new song of theirs for the next round. Oh, okay. I like that. Also, can I just do a shout out to Bright Eyes that did not make this fucking list? Indie Folk. They'll be on Indie Folk. Ugh. Yeah, don't worry. You gotta listen to that episode. And Ellen, you get to decide. I get one veto per round. Okay. If I think we're just veering into insanity. Uh, and you can always ask for my take if you want, but ultimately it's your call. I will always make a call. If I know you well enough, you're not going to have a hard time yeah, giving us your true. opinion. Yeah, My poor husband. So, <laughs> so when we hear the two songs, we can talk about those two songs specifically, either before or after you pass down your judgment. Uh, and then we'll save our comments for a band or artist in general for when they are eliminated from the tournament. That's when we'll talk about oh, that I band. See. Okay. Any stories, thoughts, memories? Oh, All right. This is so, going to be so fun. Any questions before we roll in? No, are we ready roll. to go? Let's roll. All right. We've got two play-in rounds to get from 18 down to 16. The first play-in round, I'm calling the Gimme That Sunshine 
play-in round. This is Phantom Planet oh. versus Rilo Kylie. I'm going to stand up for this shit. Okay, so starting us off, Phantom Planet with California. A pedal to the floor, thinking of the war. Gotta get us to the show. California, here we come. Right back where we started from. California. Up against Rilo Kylie, Silver Lining. Okay, initial thoughts is I have a new way of judging each song. Let's hear when it. When I'm driving through a summer evening field in Kansas, what do I want to listen to and slap okay. the steering wheel to? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's why? Be California all the way. Okay, so you're, you're definitely Here's taking Phantom Planet. Yeah. Rilo Kiley, that song, so beautiful. So good. But there's something driving about the California song. You can't deny it. You can't not move to that song. I actually think my guess from the lyrics is that that song is about the band coming back from a tour to where they started from, which is, you know, where they grew up and where their band started. When I hear that song, like, how can you not just feel like pumping your fist in the air? You know what I mean? When I first heard that song, that hook is so good that I assumed it was a cover song. I was like, oh, this must be like some 70s hit that I haven't heard. By Eagles or something, but no, they wrote it. And and just like the aching in his voice when he just screams it out. Like I just love that. It makes me want to scream it out. And also he's beautiful. So that helps. I really had a crush on him for a long time. Do you know he was in Donnie Darko? I didn't know he was in oh, he was an actor a little bit, right? Yeah. At one point. Well, he's from the Coppola family. Nick Cage is his cousin. <laughs> Are we gonna get? Sorry, are we gonna no, get a I'm horse head in our? Yeah, Jason, Jason Schwartzman was is the drummer. The actor. Yeah, yeah, the original drummer. Yes. So he, he, his cousin is Nick Cage. Okay. And they're from the Coppola family, but um. But I, I hope you're not insinuating no, 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 that Schwartzman didn't earn his acting stripes because uh, he's great. Listen, I don't care what came first. I love him for both his music and his acting. But the point is, fucking Phantom Planet for the win. Having grown up in California is becoming more important to me in recent years after being here in Seattle for 13 years. I'm like the guy who's like often wearing a Santa Cruz skateboards hoodie. Very cool, Dan. No, it's I don't think it's cool. I just it didn't used to matter to me that I was from California, which makes it interesting that the song is about them getting home while on tour because I spent seven, eight years on tour leaving from and returning to California but that didn't hit me then. But it hits you now, doesn't it? Yeah. Like Soren, my son, has a Santa Cruz hoodie. And like, it just makes me Here's so why happy. This song makes me feel the way that it feels. It's an anthem. I wouldn't. It's have, definitely an anthem. Yeah. I think an anthem always wins. I'm going with a road trip feeling and anthem. That usually drives me. Not necessarily for all genres, but yeah. like, 
if we're going to pick one over the other, I want to feel, I want to feel like I am like just driving and I have no obligations. I'm happy. I'm like invested in the music. I'm in. Phantom Planet has a song called Anthem, so we should probably at least just hear a few seconds of that. Is there something about that era of your life that you that the road trip criteria makes sense? Like, yeah, because I didn't have kids and I can fucking go wherever <laughs> I wanted. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly okay. well, it. Well, that was right on the surface. All right, we didn't need Freud for that one. Um, last thing I'll say about this song: I think that this song captures both the promise of California, which applies equally to like the gold rush of the 1840s and like the music of the Beach Boys. There's a yearning in that big. Hook. It's the America's treasure, I think, a little bit. But also the like materialistic hustle of California, mm-hmm. right? Hustlers, grab your guns, looking out for number one. It's a very, yeah. it's it's sort of like both. Well, and knowing that a lot of those guys come from the Hollywood families. They do, right. It's kind of crazy, actually, that in like 20 lines of pop song, you could encapsulate California so well. So what you're doing is you're agreeing with me that oh, Phantom totally Planet wins. Okay. <laughs> Should we talk about Silver Lining a little bit? Um, It's a beautiful song. It's great. Yeah. I love that lyric. I was your silver lining, but now I'm gold. I mean, come on. I don't want to cry tonight. Let's move on. <laughs> well, let's talk about Rilo Kylie a little bit. You get the sense, like you're kind of bringing this up, that this is indeed a band formed by former child actors who grew up in show business. This is the, I shouldn't have called it the Gimme That Sunshine. I should have called this the show business mafia play in round because both the singer and the main guitarist were child actors. Did you not know this? No, I didn't know. I have yeah. no idea. You know why? I'll tell you something very niche and no one's going to get this and we're going to edit this out. But I always get Rilo Kylie mixed up with Slater Kenny. Mm-hmm. There is no reason for that other than. I might have some sort of dyslexia thing happening in my brain where it sounds the, it's the same yeah. to me. Very different bands. Rilo Kylie as a band soaked in irony, very much at a remove, not a lot of sincerity. Yeah, but okay, but child stars. Child stars, yeah. Ooh. Should we look it up? Yeah. All right, Blake Sennett, the guitarist. Salute your shorts in Boy Meets World. Are you kidding? Do you want to put the microphone up to your mouth? Sorry. So we can hear you freak out in real... No, it's great. This is good take. I got to zoom in on this fucking guy. Salute your shorts and Boy Meets World and everybody and everybody in our generation just worships this band. Right. But they would never admit to watching either of those shows because it's not cool. Uh, I think people are admitting to it now. So Jenny Lewis started acting like from a little kid's age and she was on a bunch of TV shows um, and a bunch of movies too. The Wizard. Pleasantville. I never. Oh, she was in Troop Beverly Hills. Yeah. <gasps> Growing Pains. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. So they were true, true actors. child actor. Okay. True child right. actors. Yeah. All right. I like her a little bit less for that, only because, like you said earlier, you're jealous. Eh, you're probably. jealous. Yeah, probably. Let's move on. <laughs> That's really no. Tell me what. No, it's just like you obviously had the the network and the money to. Well, I don't, I mean, yeah, but they, they signed to the Bright Eyes label out of Omaha and put out some, you know, indie records. Like, I mean, I think they earned it. I loved 
no, I'm not saying she didn't earn it and they didn't earn it. It's yeah. just like well, a lot of bands not like, many yeah. people had that. And just like that's actually a really good matchup. Is that why you matched them up? Uh yeah, I was looking for some fun kind of matchups. Yeah, because like, they both had a bunch a shit probably a shit ton of money and they well, were support. already in LA. They probably had a lot of support. That's okay, so a, we're, yeah. we're calling that support. But they had to but the songs hold up, you know, for both sure, of those bands. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, but like if they if they were high schoolers in, you know, Oakland. Yeah, it's harder to imagine it working. I probably thought that adulthood looked like the kind of world-weary, you know, ironic gaze that they had uh, in this era of my life. And I'm sad for them. You said they that lost. they're gone? Yeah, they lost. All right. Bye. So they won that. Uh, <laughs> they won the play in round. Jenny. Phantom Planet Tell goes the twins on. I have said hi. <laughs> All right. We have one more play in round. The, the bands are My Morning Jacket and Band of Horses, and I am calling this The Studio Grounds Only Has One Abandoned Grain Silo for Vocal Reverb Play-In Round. Oh, my god! <laughs> That's for the nerds. All right. My Morning Jacket, we get wordless chorus, and we're going to hear the chorus of this song, which has no lyrics. Tell me, spin, what is obvious where to select a clip from a song like that with no lyrics in the chorus but great song here's the funeral by band of horses tough time here's why this because is a hard one immediately immediately i was gonna go with my morning jacket yeah because uh i think for obvious reasons and i love jim james my daughter calls him yim yames did you know he put an ep out under the name yim yames it was george harrison covers what really wanna know really wanna Okay, an EP. well, my daughter, who was having a hard time with the J's at the time, called him Yim Yams. <laughs> so maybe that's what was his inspiration, was some kid who couldn't... Some kid, that. yeah. I will tell you what. Now, we are not choosing bands. We're choosing no. songs, Songs, we're choosing we? songs. Yeah, we got to go with it. Yep. When you pl- when Band of Horses just came on, it fell, I felt a feeling. I felt a feeling, and we're going with feelings tonight. That's You're driving win. through Kansas. Yeah. Yep. I I wanted to feel my feelings and be alone and close my eyes. Well, not recommended if you're driving through Kansas, oh. but 
Okay, that's. I'm not going to fight you on that. I mean, yeah. those bands are I mean, pretty listen, equally matched. I, I don't feel bad about. It. I don't feel bad about it. Anything you want to say about the funeral? That band of horses song. I mean, if we're picking songs, that's it's just so beautiful, and I just feel like it's a closed eye song. Do you know what I mean? A closed eye song. And when I saw my morning jacket, I mean, oh, how powerful! Their shows are so fucking powerful. Yeah. I've seen They're them. They're both great live. I saw them yeah. at the Gorge and then again at, I think, the Paramount or the Moore in yeah. Seattle. I think I was at the Moore show. Yeah. I think that My Morning Jackets records are a lot more consistent than Band of Horses records. Oh, absolutely. That's why I was assuming I was going to pick My but Morning Jacket. Band of Horses, they hit these peaks now and again. Yeah. And that's what we're going to hear. If we're going to go peaks. for songs. That's the So song. that's the rules. Oh, Them's I are the rules. I just chose them i'm gonna listen to them tomorrow. maybe we need to do like a jam band episode where all the songs are equally good <laughs> there's no singles for anybody and yeah, nobody chooses my morning jacket i feel like there's like 30 percent of me that is what jim james appears to be 100 like a psychedelic spiritual mystic obsessed with pop music what do you think he does though in private he's not that cool in private i mean my guess is that he's he super cool drinks matcha and watches bluey I mean, I want to watch anything with him and talk about it. I'm in. I'm in for all of it. He's probably allergic to soy and egg and lactose and gluten. He was in the recent Brian Wilson documentary and like performed on Brian's latest like rock and roll standards cover album. He's kind of a genius, isn't he? He's incredible. I think they're the second tightest live band I've ever seen after Wilco. Let's just play a little bit of Off the Record, which is my favorite My Morning Jacket song. Bye, Yam Yams. Concludes the play-in rounds, and we are now into round one proper. Here is Sufjan Stevens, who comes up against Phantom Planet. Oh my god! Who knows if they'll make it? Take my best friends and put them in a room together, make them fight. This is what you're doing to me. You know, it's just it's just how the seating worked out. So here's Chicago by Sufjan. I don't mind. I made a lot of mistakes in my mind. And here is Alternating Records' leader from the Phantom Planet album, Raise the Dead. That right there, by the way, is my favorite guitar solo out of a chorus into a verse, I think, in recorded history. Yeah. 
let's talk about how good Fan Planet is. Let's talk about as them. A band. Yeah. Every record they've ever done cranks out the fucking hits. Now, do those hits get on radio? No. They don't, sadly. Well, California probably did, yeah. Yeah, but it's just so much fun. It's so much fun every time. That being said, it's hard to imagine many songs exist that are a better fit for your driving through Kansas okay. criteria than Chicago. Can we talk about Chicago yeah. real quick? I mean, okay. it's like kind of like exactly that song. Okay. Now, one, I've been a little emotional these, <laughs> lately, so let's just let things ride, okay? We're Please. feeling our feelings. Let's We're feel on them. Adderall now. <laughs> this record in particular... Uh, was really, 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 really crucial to me in a very important time when I was getting into art, when I started really getting into art. And I would listen to this record and I would paint and paint and paint for hours and hours and hours and hours. So I know this record and it's in my gut. Historically, this is a very very important song. We're going to go with Sufjan. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying goodbye to Phantom Planet. Bye, Phantom Planet. I love you so much. You're everything. Me oh too. God. I think they're, I think they're a severely underrated band. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, Dan, because I feel like I don't have very cool, quote unquote, cool taste in music. So thank you for saying that. I don't know if I do either, but I just think that their combo of pop songwriting chops and like intelligent arrangement and sort and of the drums great always drumming the driving all, drums all the i'm a drum yeah. vixen as they say i've only dated drummers let's just married a drummer let's just play a couple choruses of phantom planet before we go because because <sighs> we we both really agree on them here we go always on my mind if i could blink if i could breathe if i could get my legs to move well this could be For good measure, here is Do the Panic, again from Raise the Dead. We all get scared of sticking our necks, it's expected. So panic. should have had Phantom Planet on the uh, Power Pop episode that I recorded with John Van Dusen. So, Ellen, nobody was going to realistically unseat, uh, knock Sufjan off his horse first round. His little pony. That was going to be very unlikely. So that moves us to matchup number two of round one. This is what I call the impeccably cool dudes round and this is spoon versus cold war kids oh god so cool <laughs> we are in cool ass oh, so territory cool that you can't like smile at these shows it like, might be that cool yeah uh, cold war kids i feel like they smile sometimes they've got a little bit more no, like, but like when you're at the show you don't like be, yeah you want to be cool you're you're yeah you're performing as much as the band is that might be too rude but i love both of these bands here's spoon with the underdog Got no regard for the thing that 
Good to hear. Oh man, that's good to hear that. Cold War kids, hang me up to dry. gone out the window we're <laughs> what going with feeling okay what tonight. you're feeling right now listen good the reason i like spoons so much is because they have a sound that is unlike pretty much anything we've ever heard they're also an incredibly consistent band to the point where every record was like come on like everything's starting to sound the same i remember feeling like that with their last record it's like we get it oh I don't even know. though i loved yeah. it no i'm yeah. not saying i didn't love it but it's like yeah that's the sound. I guess what I mean is that, like, if you like one song, you like 30 Spoon songs. Oh, well, yeah, you're a Spoon fan or you're not. Yeah, like, it's not like there are a handful of, I guess, singles that sort of stand above. Those aren't usually the ones that stand above for me, but I, yeah, I just same. like With them spoon. sort of similarly. I really like 40 Spoon songs. I know. And I couldn't really yes. tell you my favorites, yeah, you know? exactly. I couldn't tell you the name of any Spoon song because they started to just be like a gelatinous to me it's like a spoon feeling it's a spoon feeling <laughs> it's, it really is a spoon feeling okay. sometimes you get uh cold war kids I'll, I'll about hang me up to dry i'll just say this it's so spare i mean they were very self-consciously doing something extremely minimalist and if you dig what they're doing the power is it's pretty incredible. remarkable yeah yeah i imagine if someone didn't dig what they were doing that they'd be like this is Why easy. is someone Turn yelling that. at me? Yeah. yeah. But I do dig what they're doing. And it's like, oh my gosh, they've stripped this down to only the strictly speaking necessary bits. And then Nathan's just like wailing is able to cut through so clearly. And every guitar, drum, and bass part is so perfectly considered. And it's beautiful. It's weird to talk about music that obnoxious as being really beautiful, <laughs> but it really is beautiful. Obnoxious. Uh, oh my gosh. I remember actually, can I say this? You can tell us who you picked in a minute. When I heard this, so we were very aware of Cold War Kids from the very beginning because we had mutual friends with them and they like opened up for an early like Sherwood acoustic show. And I remember hearing them and realizing that like, oh, we were the Salieri to their Mozart in Amadeus, you know, oh, which is okay. about all real I, life. All I know about Amadeus is a scene where he's like grabbing her boobs under the, uh, underneath the table. <laughs> Salieri was the composer who was famous Think. at the time. <laughs> okay. Yes. And like, just was so envious of Mozart and could never best him, but like remained more famous. Kind of, he's the villain yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Desperate. I'm a not, desperate villain. I don't mean that we attempted to sabotage Cole Kid's career, but I just mean that I was like, how in the hell are they doing this? I have a front row seat. This band is. And they're opening up for us and they are, well, that's greatness is what yeah, you would. That's greatness. 
Um, also, great spoon track. The underdog oh, from Gaga Gaga Gaga. This is Ga. hard for me because. Um, oh, oh, I see what you're doing. Every round's gonna be hard. They're always hard. You yeah. fucker. Okay, <laughs> here's what we're going with tonight. I love both songs so much. However, going with Spoon. I did cup his breast once at a show. Brit Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> Although now I don't think I can say this. Yeah, so, you can, you it can, was more like a, oh, I'm passing by to get a drink. Whoopsies. Wow. You did well, I you did the I Woodstock should, we, 99 <laughs> bro move. Oh, we could have a whole episode on that. Oh, I want to talk to you okay, about that. Okay, let's let's talk about Cold War Kids then as as we bid them adieu. Adieu. I, I think it's kind of tragic. Like they've obviously had oh, quite a good career, but they got branded as evangelicals by Pitchfork on their first record. And it really hurt them in like the rock press. Did they really? Because yeah. I will tell you, yeah, I never knew that. I never knew they were a Christian. Yeah, band. they went to Biola. And I Maisie just thought Vanguard. they were like a good band, sort of like my favorite band, yeah. Delta Spirit, who has never gotten really big but is consistently great. By the way, Delta Spirit not included because they only had one album at the very end of the aughts. They're more of a 2010s band. Cold War Kids feels to me like the most like that could have been us if we were cooler and more talented, but everything else was the same, you know? <laughs> uh, I just want to say for their, on their part, Cold War Kids were always very kind to us, even after they got much more famous than we did. And I, so I just think of them as, as good, good people. All right. Farewell, Cold War Kids. Bye. You're Great good band. people, but bye. Okay. Next up. Bell and Sebastian. Oh, here we go. Versus Interpol. This is probably going to be easy for you, and I'm going to be sad. Oh. It's fine, this is, though. I feel like you matched this up on purpose so that you and I could have, like, a war with one another. No, I, you know, I don't I don't plan out my vetoes. I don't think I'm going to use one here, but let's just feel. see what happens. I feel like it would be interesting because, like, most of your listeners of this podcast probably have a feeling about either one of these bands. You don't have the huh. same feelings about these bands. If you know one or the other, you either know one or the other. Yeah, it's the Bell and Sebastian Interpol are never co-headlining nope. anything. <laughs> nope. This is why I'm confused why you put, they're, well, put they're these kind together. Of, I mean, it's interesting. No, I, I mean, so I seed them one to 16, basically, like by basically about how famous they are and like, I don't know, roughly how well known the band is. Sometimes I'll look at Spotify listens or whatever. And so then the seeding is done by like the tournament bracket generator. So I don't actually choose it. We're talking so vaguely, nobody knows what I'm going to pick. I love it. Yeah, I do. Okay. okay, so here's The Boy with the Herb Strap by Bell and Sebastian. Day upon day of this wandering gets you done. Nobody gives you a chance or a dollar in this old town. Hunger and silence from you is a giveaway. Yeah, not my favorite one, but that's how we feel about our favorite bands. And we, we got to follow the rules here. It's song versus song, but still. Here's Evil by Interpol from Antics. Just set up on slow It's a 
remember the rumors that the singer of Interpol was the like secret son of Ian Curtis from Joy Division? <laughs> that, like, no. Why would I know that? I was busy doing other things, Dan. I'm I'm gonna go with the Brits on this one because Bell and Sebastian. Uh, can we play? Just can you? Sorry, which band are the Brits? Bell and Sebastian? Are they know. not like Welsh or Scot? Aren't they Scottish? I, can't, I think I mean, they're Scottish. Listen, Brexit. I don't know what we're calling people these days. <laughs> they're Scottish. Okay. They're from Glasgow. Then I feel even better about this pick okay. because I just found out on Ancestry DNA that I am over 45% Scottish. That would so your I'm going to go problem. with the home, my attitude <laughs> problem. Fuck you. Bell and Sebastian was the first band that I ever liked for myself that I found out on my own. Yeah. And they are weird and they make songs that are just storytelling. And that's why I love it. I love this band because they tell stories. Great band. I, I feel like it's nice to get them in the mix. They don't have hits. Dan. There's no hits. Again, a very consistent band. I think it's also to, to bring this in, it's sincere. It is not ironic. Yeah, maybe it's that's it. It's not distanced. The singer of Bell and Sebastian... Stuart Murdoch is, I believe, known to be a person of faith, um, one of the rare, like, actual Christians in a band with, like, serious also, I, credibility. I think that we're kind of late to this band. I was talking to my friend Jenny. Well, we're a little know. bit young, yeah. Yeah. We When we got really into them in the, I think probably, like, 2004, 2005 is probably when I got really into them. And they had been around for 10, 15 years already. Yeah, I had no Milk, idea. Tiger Milk came out in 96. Yeah. And, I was you know, I was to listening them. to like Green Day in 96, which I love. Well, I was listening to like TLC. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. You could listen to some hip hop. Okay. Will you hate me if I, if I say I'm going to veto Bell and Sebastian, but we can play another song by them as they if go I out? If I get to sit here and listen to 30 seconds of another Bell and Sebastian song. I just want to hear more Interpol and I don't want to hear, hear as Bell much Bell and Sebastian. So I'm vetoing you on this one. Okay, Ellen, we're go we're gonna hear some "If You're Feeling Sinister" from the album. I am feeling sinister. If you're feeling sinister. Anthony will do it death because he thought he'd never feel this way again. If he goes back to the house, then things would go from bad to worse. What could he do? He wants to remember things exactly as he left them on that funny day And if there is something else beyond he isn't scared Because it's bound to be less boring than today Take us through those existential concerns, Stuart Murdoch. I appreciate it, man. I don't have another veto now, so it's truly your choice from here on out for round one. I think that Bell and Sebastian, as we as we say goodbye, I think they're kind of the anti-aughts indie band yeah i think that's it made me feel like kind of like bad when i was listening to them ironically it's because their music is like really beautiful and sweet but it made me feel like i was doing something different and i mm. didn't know anybody that was listening to them yeah and it was just like you know they're european scotland british europe. yeah it is europe brits yeah. <laughs> i never know what to say yeah scotland's in europe um, i love them au revoir au revoir Okay, next up, Broken Social Scene versus oh, here we go. the winner of the Studio Grounds. The Studio Grounds only has one abandoned grain silo for vocal reverb, Band of Horses. Ooh, matchup. So, this is a our matchup. first like, real matchup. Okay. 
Anthems for a 17-Year-Old Girl by Broken Social Scene. Here we go. Bleaching your teeth, smiling, fish, talking trash under your breath. Bleaching your teeth, smiling, flash, talking trash under your breath. Bleaching your teeth, smiling, flash, talking trash under your breath. Bleaching your teeth, smiling, flash, talking trash under my For the discerning listener, that's the singing voice of Emily Haynes, singer of the band Metric, during her broken social scene stint. Uh, And here's Band of Horses, No One's Gonna Love You. only going to get harder ellen it doesn't get easier in the tournament wow those are oh some my god fucking songs right there oh god. my gosh i need a moment i think take all the time you need okay it's another instance of a band not really known for their singles broken social scene coming up again against band of horses who had some hits i i wouldn't say like every song on each record there are definitely songs i skip but man when they are when they're on, they're, they're on, on, as they're they say. On. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, CeeLo Green, CeeLo Green covered this song. No one's going to love you. If the guy from Gnarls Barkley deems your song worthy of a cover in a totally different genre. No. Like it's I, saying We're not something. giving that any credit. That's ridiculous. Okay. Fair enough. I've made a decision. I And I made this decision because of my feelings. I'm feeling a lot about Broken Social Scene. This was a really powerful song. It's great. And who the fuck writes a song where you just say the same shit over and over to annoy the shit out of people and works. say, no, no, this is actually going to be great. This is going to be a hit. And it works. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with them. You're going broken social scene. Oh, yeah, baby. Well, let's talk about Band of Horses a little BSS. bit. Yes, um, we've, we've We've talked about them a little bit already. I've got a voice crush. There, there are a handful of people who I am angry that they were born with that singing voice naturally. And he's yeah. he's one of a handful. Well, you shouldn't be angry. You should be... Um... Jealous, envious. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, like, happy for them, but... Uh, well, I am happy. I get, these, I get these records to listen to. But, like, I sometimes think, like, what I wouldn't be able to do with a voice like that uh, and we, you know, we don't all get it. Most I of us don't. I think about that about uh, other women with bodies or no kids, like great bodies or no kids. I take either one. <laughs> great body, <laughs> no kids. Hope your kids aren't listening to this. No, um, they, they don't care. I don't have. I don't have much else to say about Band of Horses. Solid band. Uh, their record, Infinite Arms, is my favorite. A uh, really thick Beach Boys influence on that one. You have mentioned a couple uh, Beach Boys references when talking to, about them, and it makes me like them more. I think I didn't really realize that about them. Next up, the Shins versus Santi Gold. Here is new slang by the Shins. Mindset. And if you turn to me like 
Weird, like that song versus this song. L.E.S. Lower East Side Artists by Santi Gold. them because i have a winner okay tell me this is the first time we're coming in with a winner right off the bat and uh listen i am a female champion but we're going with the shins you're saying you feel bad for voting against no i don't feel bad because she's a woman merely no listen i just you know there are some i just it's a great sound she's such a cool sound but if we're talking about songs, it's that's that one goes to the shins for me. This is the easiest choice I've made. Yeah, it is a great shins track. Um, that Santa Gold record is so cool and weird. I think it might have been for me the first true electric organic hybrid yeah. record that had made sense Listen, to me, and I got that that's what she was doing. I was gonna have a party at my house in the mid two thousands. And I was going to play a whole 45 minutes of music. It would be Santa Gold and not The Shins. However, However, tonight you've asked me to choose between these two songs. Yeah. And The Shins are going to win it. This was a fucking hit. So if you were DJing a nope. party, it would have nope. been Santa Gold. Don't talk but if you it. No, but if you were trying, if you were slowly falling in love with a manic pixie dream girl, then it would be The Shins, right? Think you could have maybe listen yeah, while I think you could? I can it. Yeah, okay. That's Zach uh, Braff. It's and, gross and that, that that's maybe why I have the feelings that I have. But um, it might be my choice from. is my choice, Dan. I like I your choice. Have to, I don't have to make excuses. That's love, my choice. I think there's me. I think the only thing more 2004 than the, than the film Garden State. Go, is I said Golden State. I'm th- this State, is how yeah. true crime I am. California versus damn it. New Jersey. The only thing more 2004 than the film Garden State is the soundtrack to the yeah. film Garden State. Yeah. And yeah. this is like the lead oh, track from that are soundtrack. You do a, a soundtrack episode. That's I I have been because kicking around like top I would love movie to talk soundtracks. Romeo and Juliet. That's a great soundtrack. Yeah. That's my favorite Boz oh, Lerman. But this is not a movies podcast. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, all right, Santa Gold. Thank Bye. you for joining us. We'll see you later. Um, next up. The Yeah Yeah Yeahs versus TV on the radio. I'm oh, calling we're this party the party tonight. Who's more Brooklyn category? Well, that's not how I choose, though. No, I'm just saying that's I'm my in subtitle. Brooklyn, let me tell I'm you. just saying, like, they're in a punch out for like how New York they are, these two oh, bands. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeahs and TV on the radio. Here's Heads Will Roll by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs.
here's Wolf Like Me by TV on the Radio. was going to be hard, but then I listened to my body and that was easy. TV on the radio? Yeah. I mean, I had to get up and move. That song, that song is hypnotic in the best way. It's like a warm blanket of distortion. I actually think this is the first time that I have heard something that to me sounded like the Velvet Underground, like that particular type of just really distorted, really lo-fi, all bleeding together. Like I'm thinking of especially- I felt a little bit drunk, so happy in yes. my favorite outfit with my best friends and the Aww. guy that I like who now maybe likes me too. Like all those feelings. Ugh. With a bathroom that's nearby. <laughs> you know, those Whoa. are all, well, you know, you, yeah, always, hey. you want to be safe. You gotta be safe. So you yeah. gotta need an indoor Some place. Some people will get this. I'm hearing a little, <laughs> I'm glad that you interrupted me on my way to this, but I'm going to play a little of White Light, White Heat by Velvet Underground to, to just sort of show what I'm talking about. Man, this freaking Velvet Underground, I think so. I can't wait for like the Gen Z. Are we saying Gen, Gen Z? Gen Z. Mm-hmm. To get into Velvet Underground. How oh, it'll happen. I want to be, I want a front row seat. But you hear what I'm saying? There's that, it's really distorted. Yeah, it's just sort of like It's mucky. moving along. It's mucky. We're having a good time. We're just Hazy. happy together. Oh, yeah. So good. All right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Is anything uh, to say about them? Man, I love them. I want to shout out to Jess, who toured with them. Did she tour Jessica with Dobson, them? Jessica Dobson, our yeah. friend? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't she know if she toured with them. them. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that Maps thing. Maps, that they oh did. gosh. They don't want to be like I love you. Now, wait a second. Had you paired those two songs together, we might have had a different yeah. battle. Well, you but can blame listen, the Dan's listeners of Spotify blame, for yeah, that. It's Dan's going to blame the algorithm. So I guess yeah. uh, by I'm blaming yeah, the yes. listeners, the actual people okay. who choose to play it, or maybe the, the playlists that it gets put on, you know, that kind I of thing. I love that fucking All song. right. Well, it turns out that TV on the radio was more oh, Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Okay. Than- more Brooklyn, I guess. More Brooklyn, we go hard. Okay, now we got no, Feist versus Grizzly Bear. But actually, that's going to be part two, which you'll hear next week. We'll start off with Feist and Grizzly Bear. If you enjoyed this episode, please send it to a few friends that also love 2000s indie. Thanks to Ellen for joining me. Uh, <laughs> I imagine many of you are looking forward to hearing from her again next week. Sometimes Ellen and I together can be a bit much, 
And so if that's how you're feeling, you probably haven't gotten this far. But if you did, out of some sort of loyalty, thank you. That's very kind. Uh, And I hope you enjoy part two. We'll see you then.